Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. On this episode of Big Drive Energy, we're going to discuss some comments from John Rahm and what a uh, little bit more about the official world golf ranking and uh, players are starting to speak on it now. So uh, we'll, we'll continue to create that discussion. Uh, another funny topic. I saw an article in the golf digest about uh, what it means to get kicked out of your private club and what that looks like. So like what, what are some things you can and can't do? We'll discuss that. And we're just going to talk, you know, just bullshit, you know, just like we normally do. So uh, and this whole episode and our podcast is brought to you by Pins and Aces. They've got a great Brack, Brack Friday. <laughs> Whoops. Um, they got a great Black Friday special going on. Oh, my God. You can use code BF20. We've probably got to cut that now. Now we got to cut that. But I, mine was an honest mistake. It was honest work. But um, we... They are having a Black Friday special. Go onto their website. Use the code BF20. Uh, you cannot use it on the liquor stick, but make sure you purchase the liquor stick. They only have like X amount of those, so you definitely want to get those. Uh, we had some fun with that in a TikTok the other day. If you didn't see that and you don't follow us on TikTok, I don't know what you're doing at Big Drive Energy. But black the code BF20 will get you 20% off anything on their website. Their whole fall collection is out and brand new. Uh, so make sure you're checking it out. Make sure you're going over to pinsandaces.com and using that BF20 code. Also, once Black Friday is over, you can use our code BDE to save 15% off and get yourself or get your family some awesome Christmas gifts from pinsandaces.com. Best polos in the game, beer sleeve, liquor stick, all the best gifts for that golfer in your family. All right, let's tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any. Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. That was hilarious. <laughs> 
Black Fri Friday or Friday or Friday. I thought somebody broke into my house, but it's just this exterminator in my garage spraying for shit. I uh, heard the dude that just walks around the corner and fucking sprays, sprays in the corners and then leaves. Yeah, exactly. $150. It's fine. Two dollars worth of material no and ten minutes worth of time. Perfect. Sign me up. Yeah, it's <laughs> got it. It's one of those things. It's a beautiful Friday here in the Mile High City. We are doing this on Friday a little late this week because our boy Migsy has the suds. So he he finally got his voice back. Sounds like he's gonna be able to talk. Uh and yeah, sounds like a we're gonna be able to get this episode of Big Drive Energy in this week. And and um Mitchell is gonna just slap some cough drops down his throat and get through it. Yeah, I'm just just uh, fucking hammering the cough drops, hammering the mucinex, the day quill. <laughs> I'll try to keep the, oh, Jesus Christ, that actually scared the shit out of me. The dude's walking in my backyard. Holy fuck, I just came <laughs> out of the corner of my eye and scared the absolute fuck out of me. I've got this, I, I have an exterminator service that comes over and sprays once every three months, and it costs them about ten dollars and it cost me 150 a session so uh to kill the fucking random bugs that i have there's really no bugs like we live in fucking colorado it's the biggest racket i've ever it's like the most free money i've ever given away in my life um but there was a few mice in my uh in my and now he's like looking at me through the window me on my, my microphone what a fucking treat um <laughs> podcast with a live audience bro yeah he's fucking he's searching for fucking uh what are the daddy long legs back there and i'm sitting in here talking on a microphone um but anywho yeah so that just scared the shit out of me but yeah i'm uh i'm feeling a little bit better i need to be feeling better because this shit always happens around the holidays at the worst possible fucking time and i honestly haven't been sick in like three or four years like cold or anything, even throughout COVID. This is probably the first time I've been sick since like 2019. Um, and it fucking sucks. I'll be the first to say it. It's it's just flat out not a good time. And you just sit there, keep wanting to like feel better. But there's one thing that I am like a very strong proponent of, and that's not going to the doctor. Like I would have to have a heart attack to go to the doctor. Um which may happen someday. So who knows? We'll be on the lookout for that. But uh, and, until that day, I'm going to fucking pump myself full of vitamins and lay around and hope that I feel better. So it's been going on since like Monday. And I'm at the point now where I feel like I'm just well enough to like go get sick again, just go out into public and have somebody because I heard it's get going around. Like I'm not the only person that's sick right now. Have you, is anybody in your circle sick there, Spencer? No, dude. And ironically, I was actually thinking about this. Um, actually, uh, looks like some people at the office here, Kale's not feeling the greatest. There's a few other people, but I was actually thinking the other day to myself about how good I felt. Generally speaking, you know, I've got some aches and pains here. We did a whole podcast on our back pain and neck pain, but looks like we've made Other it past that. Just mountain. being like hung over every morning. Yeah. I mean, that's generate that's uh self-inflicted, but no, I actually haven't felt like sick in a while. And I'm like, 
know that when the second I start thinking about that, I know it's coming. So, yeah. you know, at some point soon it's, I'm going to get sick, but I haven't had like the, you know, like it's been due to my room at night is freezing. Like I'm excited to move out and be not in this place anymore. Like I live in a very nice place. Like don't, I'm not poor, but I like, like something's sure. wrong. Something's wrong. I'm not poor shaming either. I'd never do that, but something's legitimately wrong with my like windows. Like it's, I don't understand why I spend so much money to freeze every night. And like our bedroom is no joke, 20 degrees colder than the living room. Yeah. And I just have this habit of sleeping with my shirt off and I, like, I'm almost going to like go to like hoodie season, but that kind of got me on the thought of like, when I'm sick, dude, I sleep in a full on hoodie and sweats and I love it. Well, yeah. And so so I, I keep my house at 66. Usually I've got it at 69. Like I, it was just too cold and now it feels nice and cozy and warm in here. But when I'm healthy, like I hate feeling hot. I would much rather feel cool than hot. So I definitely see. I, I think I, I'm on the honestly on the opposite spectrum of this. Oh, he is. What he's is what? Oh no, he's spraying. Never mind. I thought he was shoveling. Oh, okay. It sounded like he was shoveling my back deck for me. I was like, "What a fucking guy!" At least I get something out of this hundred and fifty dollar trip. Yeah, at least this hundred and fifty dollars feels a little more worth it, dude. That's <laughs> oh my god, that scared the fuck out of me though, man. Like I legit pissed myself. I dribbled a little, dude. That. That might we maybe we need to spice up our content and like host a, like a live break in like a live scare of one of us on the pod. Maybe that'll make make it more exciting. Yeah, maybe we'll uh, maybe you're uh, we'll we'll pull like a prank on you and I'll I'll like take it too far and like almost kill you just for the content. <laughs> Jesus, con- <laughs> content is king. Jesus, um, yeah, but yeah, no, the, I'm if it's for the views, it's for the views, there, chief. Exactly. But no, dude, not feeling sick. Uh, it, it, the, the one Congrats. benefit of congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. The one benefit of being sick though, is like, once you're out of it, you're like, wow. Like I just, you, 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 you have to reappre- being health, being health. Yeah. You appreciate health. Being health. Yeah. I, you appreciate your health. Cause I was thinking about that. Yeah, I was that- like, I was like, I can't, I haven't wait. Like I haven't been so excited for something. I mean, I, there's a few things, but like, it's been so anticipated to like feel better. I'm like, I can't fucking wait to feel better. Yeah. So and then that one day you wake up and you're like 50% better. You're like, Oh, it's coming. So yeah. Like, and that's how I felt the, the last, horizon. that's how I felt the last two mornings. Um, so I've definitely felt better and I'm hoping I'll wake up tomorrow morning and a lot of this like sinus shit will be gone and I'll just be like ready to rock. So I'm pretty stoked. There you go. Love that for you. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah, dude, it's just like uh, it. It kind of relates to golf in the fact of like when you're when you can't play golf for so long. Like this point, like about a month ago, right? Fall golf, we talked about how great it is, and we get to play more. But when you're playing consistently, April, May, June, July, August, September, and then you kind of get it taken away from you, like you get your health taken away from you. Then when you get back to like even in some of the sickos, like I have some of those sick thoughts, intrusive thoughts of like playing golf in January, February, even if it's cold, not that great out in Colorado here or anywhere. Um, but when you get back to it, you're like, Oh man, I just really miss this, you know, like you, but I feel like sometimes for, for me personally, like I can't just play all the time and then just continue to love it. Like there's going to be days. Yeah, where just There like, has to be like a period where you can't play in order to like appreciate it. 
And I think that's like anything in life, you know, yeah, it has to, if you have it all the time, you kind of take it for granted. But then when, uh, when it gets taken from you, that's when you appreciate it the most. How deep was that? Dude, we're getting, we're getting, uh, super deep on this pod. Super deep, big, deep energy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, other than that, how has your week been there chief? I, I was, also, we just call each other chief. There's no Native American tones here. No Native American. Uh, um, di- what is it called? Duh. Dialect. <laughs> no, like, uh, like, like undertones or like, you know, yeah, we're, we're not using it. it. We're not using it in a derogatory ter- terminology. Yeah, we're just saying chief. If you ever watch one episode of Letter Kennedy, you can freaking. You get it. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Just wanted to make, make sure everybody knew that. Um, (laughs) But I was supposed to go to the abs game Monday night. I, that I had tickets to totally forgot about, Um, but I was too sick. So didn't end up going and I didn't even sell them. Like that shit pissed me off. I tried to sell them. They didn't sell. So my tickets just sat empty that night. And then I was supposed to go to the abs or the nuggets game with you Wednesday night. Didn't go because I still felt like shit, but I will say, as much as I, I hate to say it, I'm not happy, but the the Avs lost Monday night and the Nuggets lost Wednesday night. So really, what did I miss out on? Yeah, nothing, dude. That Nuggets game was an absolute joke. Well, like, yeah, what's up with this fucking health and safety protocol bullshit? Like now Jamal Murray's in health and safety protocol and Jokic is in it. Like, dude, what does that been, even mean? You've been in health and safety protocols for five days. You haven't yeah, been able to leave okay, your house. Okay, but COVID's over. Like if they're they shouldn't be held out unless they're like sick. Well, yeah, I think it's the, the whole positive test thing. Like you can still test out of it if you get two tests, but it's kind of exciting because bones like basically flew back from Boston on Wednesday and like, didn't like he was doubtful the whole day and then showed up to the arena and played and balled out. Like it was just making threes from the logo, but you can tell dude, when we don't have Joker and Jamal together at the end of a game, like crunch time, it's just Jamal dribbling in a circle, looking like looking for a screen and Jeff Green's just like standing at the baseline, just like, uh, well, I don't know what to do. Yeah. You can't. We, we're, we're the ball just does not move nearly as well. Joker is the best distributor possibly in the history of the NBA. Um, and I, I don't, I don't think that's hyperbolic saying that. So we definitely miss him, but that's the other tough thing with, with hockey and basketball. Like, I really don't feel like the season starts until Christmas. That's when I really give a shit. You know what I mean? Like a a tough loss is a tough loss. Don't get me wrong, but I guess at the beginning of the season, it's kind of like a golf tournament. You can't lose it in the first or you can't win in the first round, but you can lose it. So like, yeah, if, if the Avs were fucking two and nine, then I'd, I'd probably be concerned or same with the nuggets. But as long as we're hanging around 500, a couple games over, like this is kind of the time for us to, you know, sort out the lineups, get everybody comfortable with each other. And then once that new year rolls around, just hit the ground running and really, really make that push into the playoffs and hopes for a championship. So um, I'm not overly concerned with either of their play, but it's just one of those where it's like, if you had a Nuggets Knicks ticket, which I'm sure was not a cheap ticket, um, we you have season tickets, so obviously you paid the same amount, not a big deal. But 
I'm sure everybody was paying a couple hundred bucks for those Nuggets at our Nuggets Knicks tickets. And then the best player on both teams doesn't play like that shit just sucks for fans. So I, I just hate when that happens, honestly. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where when you go to enough games, you kind of like expect to. I was talking about this with Eric after you're leaving. When you go to a lot of games a year, you you're gonna see losses. You're gonna see bad games. You're gonna see him play like shit, which does kind of suck. But in the overall overarching thing, both you know both the teams that play here at Ball Arena are pretty good, so it's not horrible. But like I remember back in the day when we used to go to games and we'd go to a lot, but like ten to fifteen. And that one season that we went to, we had a 10 game plan and the Nuggets went 38 and one at home. Like we didn't see a single loss the whole season, you know? So when you pick and choose games that you go to, you mostly just get to see them win if they're fairly relevant team at at their home arena, you know, whatever team it may be. But when you go to a lot of them, you're going to see the shitters, but you're also going to see the game winning shots. Like if you don't miss any games, you see everything. So it's kind of, you know, two, uh, you know, half dozen in one. Six and six, the other. Six of one, half dozen of the other. Yeah, Good that's God. great. Great terminology rolling today. Um, should we talk about a little golf? Uh, should we? Should yeah, we let's into- do it. So, I found this interesting article from uh, our boy Daniel Rappaport. Um, I so I guess he still writes for Golf Digest. Now he's isn't he a barstool guy now? I don't. Does he really still write for Golf Digest? Yeah, it kind of looks like it. This is his article written three days ago. No so. shit. Yeah, but. Um, definitely a great, uh, maybe he's like a freelance writer now for, you know, and, and is employed by Barstool, but yeah, he could, he could very well could be. So the, um, very good headline, um, clickbait, if you will. Um, but this story is on golfdigest.com. It's called, uh, what it takes to get kicked out of a private club these days. So really good. Like instantly I was like, yeah, I'm going to read this story. And then it uh, brought up some interesting topics. So he gets into, you know, joining a private club and what it looks like. Um, but he said, so what, you know, we'll turn this into a little bit of a guessing game. What do you think his first, like he said, we'll begin with one of the most egregious sins in golf. Boom. This, what, what does it think? Like the number one thing to get you kicked out? Slow play. <laughs> that, that, uh, that's funny actually, but it's no. once you hear once you hear it, it's not it. But once you hear it, you'll be like, oh, I should have known. Um, uh, egregious, like strictly to the game of golf. Correct. Because I was going to say like cat calling the Bev card chick. That's absolutely out. Well, I mean, that's sadly enough. That's probably less frowned upon than fucking like not raking the bunker. Um, I, I, I really can't tell me. It's cheating. Oh, but yeah. How? Oh, like, I mean, I guess in a club championship or yeah. Yeah. But just, you know how like old stuffy members are with that kind of stuff. Like I can imagine if there's a board of directors and they can petition to get you kicked out, that'd be one of the first things. But then he goes into a story um, of cheating at a, at a quote unquote blue blood ultra exclusive club in the Hamptons. And he said this, this is a, uh, he called it a seminal cheating story. So I don't know exactly what course this was, um, but it says the member wasn't the culprit, but the strong response tells you everything you need to know about cheating and how it goes over in this honorable, honorable game. 
So uh, a guest and a member guest hit a tee shot at the flag on a blind par three, a large dune obscured. And I'm quoting this here just so there's anybody coming after us. Our TikTok got sound deleted today for some reason, violating guidelines. Seriously? that's yeah i'm gonna be pissed if that happens again it's reposted go check it out big drive energy hilarious couldn't keep my it was the funniest one we've ever done in my personal opinion so it's gonna get we could not quit it's gonna get 500 views it's gonna be great but yeah exactly we'll we'll put out some dog turd next week and it'll get a million exactly so it said a large dune obscured the landing area but the group assumed the shot was perfect so there's general confusion when no one could find the ball Finally, the guest announced to the group he had found his ball in the back bunker. He played a nifty shot to four feet. When the caddy grabbed the pin, he noticed a ball resting in the cup. A hole in one with a major asterisk. The caddy lifted the ball out of the cup and looked at the dumbfounded member who picked up the ball his guest had obviously dropped in the bunker and tossed back to him. He then directed the caddy to escort his guest in and delivered a stern message. You are never allowed back here. So So the dude made a hole in one thought he lost his ball and so he dropped one acted like he found it wow what a fucking idiot dude what's crazy about that is like obviously like he got caught with his hand in the cookie jar the dude's cheating like there's no there's no way around it but if he would have like somehow i mean he would have had to go back to the t um if he would have gone back to the t and just take it like even if he would have hit another shot, like that's still the whole one still counts. Like, yeah, you can't, you know, like once you find your ball, I mean, anything just in the example of like trying to play by the rules and he goes from basically not being allowed at this private club ever again to buying drinks for the whole place and partying all night because he made a hole in one. Yeah. And being like celebrated there. Yeah. So, okay. You're this guy, this asshole that's no longer allowed at some club in the Hamptons. Do you have a hole in one there? Yeah, that's fucking wild. Like, I would say no. I mean, but wow, that is like the toughest question ever. You think um, so? Dude? I think it's a no doubter. Like, I don't think that the club. But would... see, but then if anybody asks about the story, you have to explain it. I like, think... unless you're just flat out lying further. Do you disagree? I think you, take like... it in... I think you take it in stride. <laughs> in stride you're a fucking snake you know i'm just saying you own it you're like yeah i have a hole in one but here's here's what happened this is the greatest story at a bar top and of all time like yeah i guess that is a pretty good story but still that's fucking like yeah i got kicked out of the club so i was dropping a ball trying to cheat turns out my ball's in the fucking hole like that just sounds terrible (laughs) yeah it's it's uh definitely not a fun story to tell but like i would 100 percent say that i have a hole in one of that course no doubt uh another one he gets into here a common expellable spent offense kind of like what you said disrespecting the staff um like and i think one thing that uh you know is kind of underplayed with a lot of people, you know, we have all sorts of different listeners to this podcast, members at private clubs, people that don't even give a shit about golf. um, Just things like that. They tend to not really know what a private club is like. Not a lot of people do, you know, it's, it's generally speaking, it's, it's, you know, people like business owners or especially the ultra private ones, but we've been around them enough to know 
what people are like there. And dude, it's just kind of like most of the time, it's kind of just a shitty place. Yeah. It's just not that much fun. Like, well, and so another story, I don't know if Daniel uh, Rappaport talked about this, but a pretty famous one is Kevin Kisner got kicked out of his country club. um, I want to say three or four years ago and finally just got, um, I guess like a year later, they re uh, what re rescinded the suspension or they re fucking whatever they readmitted him into the club. But I guess he was racing golf cart. There was like, I guess they were playing, there were 16 golf carts on one hole. They were playing like 16 players in one group. Um, and that, that will definitely get you kicked out no matter where the, where you're at. And Kisner probably had about 48 fucking Bud Lights and he just likes to party. So I, I can imagine, um, that he was not in the, the best state of mind when he, uh, got, got 86 from his club. I actually think that like vice golf was doing or vice was do, not vice golf, but vice like the media outlet um, was doing like a story on him. And that's why he was uh, like the camera crew was there. And that's why I guess they got all shit faced and acted all crazy. So, I mean, that's, that's more of a fair, fair way to get kicked out of your club, but honestly, just like cheating. I didn't really think that I, I honestly would expect most old people, like most old, like super egotistical dudes at like country clubs to cheat at golf. You know what I mean? Like they, they're none of them are probably that good. So they all have to lie about what they shot to make themselves feel better. Like, I mean, we've seen it a million times. I've had people play with me and they're like, Oh yeah. Like I made seven there and and I don't even say anything, but in my head, I'm like, you made like 11 there, but it people just like, that's the thing is if you don't call them out for cheating, they'll think that they're pulling the wool over on everybody. You know what I mean? They they're, they're like in their head, like, Oh yeah, I, they, they're none the wiser to any of this. And it's like, no, I just don't really give that much of a shit, but yeah, you definitely are cheating. So I honestly think that's kind of funny. Yeah. I just think that it's kind of like an uncomfortable, like I'm so uncomfortable by that, but somebody cheating and it's just so obvious, like, it, the only time I really care about that is when you're like going to announce your score to me. I think we've, we've alluded to this before, but I don't care if somebody cheats. Like, I don't care if you drop a ball, you want to have more fun. You hit it out of bounds. You just want to drop up there. Like we're not yeah. that staunch, but don't come in the clubhouse telling everybody what you shot. That's, that's the thing that I just, I can't handle. So, um, but go, going back to when you were talking about Kevin Kisner and, I, I think this is where we are truly like the gap. We are true. Me and you, Big Drive Energy, our brand essentially, if you will, is like the gap between having a shitload of fun playing golf and and being completely disrespectful to the course and being yeah. super serious and taking everything seriously. And that's why I kind of like love where what our background has become in golf, where it's like we grew up at a public course, you know, like a place where it's it's not necessarily the most buttoned up, but also not your, you know, not no, there's, there's rules, you know, we had rules and I truly think that there's a way that, and I think, I think, you know, may correct me if you think I'm wrong, you know, this is completely opinionated, but I think about 80% of golfers fall into the the realm of like, they they know what to do and what's right, but they can still have a good time. 
And then you got 10% that are just complete idiots. And then you got 10% that are just like every rule has got to be completely followed to the nth degree, you know? And I think there's a good amount of players that, that know how to have fun, but also know how to take care of the course. And that's one thing that I pride myself on, you know, like I can go out there and drink 50 beers easily, but yeah. I still, I'm going to, even if I'm falling over, I'm still going to fix my divot on the seventh hole when I just stiff one to a foot, you know? Oh, 100% dude that. Yeah. I mean, other than you stiffen it to a foot when you're hammered. Um, but that, yeah, there is definitely a gap where, and it feels like a lot of the newer COVID um, new quote unquote COVID golfers, they don't quite get the, like the taking care of the course part of things, which is unfortunate, but it's just like, if you keep your eyes open and I'm not trying to sound like a dick, but if you just like look at like what the signs say and what's in front of you, it it's pretty easy to do. Like when people are driving all over par threes, when there's clearly signs that say cart path only on par threes, like it's not that fucking hard. Just pay attention. And like, what's so hard about walking 40 or 50 yards from your golf cart to the green, you know, and that's just, it, it'll make everybody a lot happier when you, you know, when you're done and make you want to come back or make them want you Oh God, that was just bad English. Uh, they'll, it'll make courses want you to come back. You know what I mean? Like if that makes any, I, I don't know if I have COVID brain or what the fuck's going on now, but um, just taking care of the golf course, they don't really care. You know, as long as you keep up with the group in front of you and you replace your divots and, you know, fill your ball marks or whatever, then who gives a shit if you play music and, have a good time, you know, and laugh and hit, hit an extra ball. If you, you know, you hit one like shit or whatever, it's just everything within reason. But that is the, uh, the biggest issue in this world is nobody can be moderately anything. They have to be one extreme or the other. So it's like, just, just take all moderation out on the golf course. Like you can get shit faced, but then just make sure you're putting sand in your, your divots and replacing fixing your ball marks, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like you, there's, there's an opportunity for people to still have a really good time. And, and there's the 10% that ruin it for both sides. There's the 80% of people that have a fun time, but then the 10% staunchy people that ruin it. But then it's because they've seen the other 10% act like such idiots that they want to like prevent it from happening again, especially at a course, you know, a lot of members at courses, you know, we had members at the Valley of Fun they really care about their golf course. And that's a big key to keeping a golf course nice is yes. Sometimes these members are overly needy. Yes. Sometimes they ask for too much or they don't understand how much the pros are doing each day, but they are the, like the core of your golf course. And they, and they tend to try to keep it as nice as possible, which those are the players you want to have. If you're, if you're running a golf course at the same time, like it's just, you, you know, you, you see the, the high school college kids that come out and they just fuck around, they pay their money, but they just fuck around. And you're like, uh, you, you know, it just kind of gives you that uneasy feeling working in the pro shop. Oh, 100%. Like at the Valley of fun four or five years ago, I watched a group of high school kids flip a cart turns out they were drinking. They were like 17. They brought their own booze. They were drinking. Like we could have gotten them in so much fucking trouble. And they caused like five grand in damage to the golf cart, basically totaled the golf cart. And luckily we were cool enough to not fucking hold their feet to the fire and 
they did end up paying for the cart, but we didn't press any criminal charges or anything. Cause like when you're 17, you're already underage drinking, like don't do it out in public, you know? And, and then fucking what, what would you call it? Uh, um, destroy property. And like, you know what I mean? That's talk about fucking up your life. Yeah. You can't do that anywhere. Like, yeah, no matter, you really can't do that anywhere. You're right. Yeah. Golf course isn't just a free for all, like just cause you're on somebody else's property. Like it's, it's still their property, but enough of our high horse of PGA pros. I just do think we fit the mold of, of being like, I can show up to a place and if I don't, nobody knows who I am, I can drink 20 beers, you know, and have a great time. And, um, but there's also, uh, there's also those people that just can't do that. And so you, you can never tell being a, you know, a golf course professional, if somebody really knows like what they're doing out there, but at the same time, like you have a job to do and you have people in your ear. So you got to keep it, keep it between the ditches, essentially keep, keep the people, uh, you know, on, on the right track, but then keep the other people happy. Yeah. 100%. So I, yeah. And I, I think that more people, the more people that can find that middle ground in golf, the better off the sport will be. So, yeah. And I do think it's, it's continued to, after the blow up of COVID, it's continued to grow, but I do think in the next two to three years, we should see, you know, people that really took, took it, took it back and, or, or just started the game of golf. I think they're going to get to a point where they're really learning the intricacies of the game and not just like playing for fun, you know, and those people like learn how to, how to properly treat the course, how to be on time for your tea time, how to keep up with pace, how to not necessarily be so worried about somebody being behind you, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's one of the toughest things with golf in general is the only way you get more comfortable. Like you've gone through this with your wife now wife. I've kind of gone through a little bit of it with my girlfriend, but the only way you can get more comfortable with doing it is by doing it, you know, and there's, and I actually, it's pretty cool, but my girlfriend and one of her good friends, they like my girlfriend plays like casual golf, like scramble tournaments and stuff like that for work. Her and her friend have actually gotten into like just going out occasionally on a weekend, just the two of them and like playing for fun. And um, now she's getting more into it and she's like, I need to get a range finder so I can tell my distances. And she's just getting more and more comfortable the more she does it. And I think that's so cool because it's, it's that initial like scary thought of doing it by yourself and like not knowing what the hell you're doing. And it's just getting to that point of being like, okay, I'm just going to go out and figure it out. And as long as you're open-minded and, you know, open to suggestions, like if somebody's like, oh, you should do this here, you know, it's, but then, then again, I hate to, hate to suggest people suggesting things because they're just a goddamn nightmare. So um, not everybody knows what they're talking about, but if you, if you know, you're with somebody that knows what they're talking about and they give you a suggestion, just do it. You know, it's like, I don't want to beat this, this beat a dead horse here, quote unquote, but you know, it's just the little idiosyncrasies, big word um, that you learn from playing golf longer and longer. So. Yeah. And like, I think you said, just getting comfortable with people being around you. I think that's probably the number one hurdle of golf. So once you get comfortable with that, it's pretty much easy from there. You know, like you've, even if you're, you can play bad and play fast. And I think we've said that before, but like, you don't have to be good to play fast. That is one of the biggest 
misconceptions in the entire game of golf. You just have to be knowledgeable about where you're standing, when you're hitting, things like that make you you and your group faster. Not You can hit the ball 10 feet every time and still play a hole pretty quick if you're not taking 14 practice swings. Oh, yeah, 100%. Well, and um, like you said, you can you can make a 15 on a hole, but if you go about it quickly, then nobody's going to give a shit. Like nobody asked what you shot at the end. They just asked how quickly you played. So um, it, obviously in a casual non-competitive round. So what else did Daniel say? Like what, what were other things about getting like kicked out? Those were pretty much the two main ones. Um, okay. He, yeah. It was, it was mostly just like, you know, being egregious to the staff and she, I was going to say like harassing the staff. Yeah, exactly. That, that'll never like he, there was a story about a, uh, a guy that like the GM came out and told him he couldn't eat on the patio and he had a flip out. And then the GM said, go grab me my checkbook to like one of his assistants. And they wrote him a check for his whole membership back. Like, that's just such a power move. That's the one thing that is cool about working at a private course versus a public course is like, you can just straight up, like you have the power somebody to, to fuck off. Exactly. You can walk into somebody's take their locker away, do whatever for doing something that you don't, in, uh, agree with or you know like you can have a conversation about it but generally speaking they have all the power and that would be kind of fun to just be like nope you've pissed me off too many times this is against our course rules you're gone you know yeah, like that's that would be a fucking blast that's the one thing about a public course that you know just like like i said earlier six six eggs in one half dozen in the other you you can work at a public course and deal with a bunch of assholes a lot of the time and people that don't know golf but at the same time, you have to keep it, try to keep everybody happy. Whereas at a, at a private course, you know, you got your group that you get to keep happy, but if they're assholes, you can either own them, but they also feel like they constantly own you, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. There's definitely a more of a power struggle. I feel like with the country club, because people think they own the place. Like when, when you're at a public course, it's pretty evident, like who the customer is and who the employee is. So I think that's kind of where you draw the line, but yeah, exactly. Well, um, before we get into John Rahm's press conference, which he had some uh, interesting thoughts on the official world golf rankings, uh, I want to say thank you for picking Tony Finau on DraftKings a week late. Appreciate Fuck that. Off. Dude, no, I picked him a week early. Or a week early that he, he won a week late. Let's put it that way. Let's make it Tony's fault. It's not your fault. It's Tony's fault. Yeah, he, he clearly wasn't listening. So thank you, Tony. But I did, uh, I did hit my bet of Joel Dahman top 10. So shout out to the DraftKings Sportsbook. And NBA season is back. So tip off the season at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and you get $200 in free bets if your team wins. You can also boost your winnings up to 100% with stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt into the same-game parlay, stepped-up method, and place that bet, and you can get up to 100% boosted. That's like doubling your payout. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. The Dallas Mavericks are minus 8.5 against the Nuggets today. Not feeling great about it. No joker. No Murray, uh, Michael Porter Jr.'s over in points might be something to look at. But then again, I thought that on Wednesday night and he shot one for eight. So uh, 
you know, I, I definitely am going to look at the Michael Porter Jr. points, maybe put together a little same game parlay if Aaron Gordon's playing as well. I've got some honey hole bets that I've with the Nuggets that I just keep placing. I've gotten burned on them quite a few times. Bruce Brown over 10 points just always seems like easy. The Nuggets have, I believe, seven guys averaging 10 points or did at one point. So um, Bruce Brown is one of them. So getting him getting 10 plus points and then Contavious Caldwell Pope making two threes. They've kind of like zeroed in on those odds and, and made them worse, but that's a bet that I generally tend to take a few uh, fairly often. So uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR and any $5 bet this weekend could get you $200 in free bets if your team wins only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. All right, John Rahm. DP World Tour Championship in Dubai, he got an honorary life membership on the tour. Like they announced that they were like, hey, you get an honorary life membership on the DP World Tour. And then he just went off about the official world golf rankings and basically shit on the DP World Tour. So um, he, you know, John Rahm's a guy that kind of will always say what's what's come to his mind. He's not overly outspoken but when he when asked a question he can be he can be so um he said i'm going quote i'm going to be as blunt as i can i think the official world golf ranking right now is laughable 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 said ram the fact that the pga tours rsm classic doesn't have any of the top 20 players in the world and has more points than this event where we have seven of the top 20 is laughable the fact that wentworth had less points than napa having players in the top 10 in the world is laughable the official world golf ranking website projects this week's winner of the rsm classic in sea island georgia to receive 38.38 points while the dp world tour championship is going to receive 121.82 he said, quote, I understand what they are trying to do with the depth of the field, but having the best player in the world automatically makes the tournament better. I don't care what their system says. I think they've made a mistake. I think some aspects of it might be beneficial, but I think they've devalued the value of better players. Depth of the field doesn't mean better tournament. I think they've missed the mark on that stance quite a bit. So, you know, it's in Rory McIlroy, you went on to, you know, say some same, say some of the same things. So it, it's just like, the like i guess rory now looking into rory's quote he's kind of on the opposite fence he said that you have you have to beat 139 guys in the rsm and you only have to beat 49 guys to get into the dp world tour so um it, it, what do you what are your thoughts on that like and i know we talked a little bit about official world golf rankings and points a couple pods ago but like what what do you think like, do they, do they need to be more flexible week to week with fields is, and, or is the official world golf ranking just kind of a joke and, and in general, and like, nobody's going to care about it in five years. Yeah, honestly. I mean, I think that's, that's definitely what live golf wants because that kind of takes their power away from them. You know, if, if world golf ranking points mean nothing, then players are going to play on whatever tour they want to play on, whatever's going to pay them the most. And honestly, like nobody's, I, I don't know if this would be a good idea, but take the whole, and I guess it's tough to find a baseline, but like take the players that you have in a field and put a certain number on each of them with where they stand currently. Does that make sense? Like if you have 10 top 50 players, they're each worth, 
you know, two points at the time or whatever for the field, you know, for the overall winner. Um, and I, re- I really don't know if there's a good system and how to go about it, but the, the European tour has long been and now DP world tour has long been like looked over world rankings points wise and money wise um, just because it doesn't have the, the same TV coverage like the PGA tour does with the big money deals over here in America. But those tournaments, like you said, are, are just as stacked, if not more stacked on occasion um, than uh, a lot of PGA tour events. So I really don't see an issue with, you know, like you said, being flexible and being like, okay, well, this field is stacked. Like let's make this worth more points instead of, um, you know, having a preset point value before you even, uh, before you even know who's playing in the event, basically. Yeah. You have to like, I think they have to be in order to continue to be a semi, like, cause everybody talks about this now. And especially now that it's getting, it's getting kind of that negative pub, any pub is good pub in, in the world of golf. We've kind of seen that in a, in a certain way with live tour, but I do think that the official world golf ranking, if they want to stay relevant and, and just instead of being a lost, a lost thing in, in five years, they have to start considering obviously the live tour, but they also have to start considering these, like these guys have already basically backed, you know, Rom. they backed the PGA tour and, and backed the DP world tour, which are two pretty powerful tours still at this point and, and pretty watched and, and followed along by, by different golf fans all around the world. But if they don't continue um, to make their players happy, like clearly John Rom isn't happy about this. Like he's obviously probably not happy about not being the number one player in the world and anymore in a little bit of his, his own personal judgment is, is clouded because he's like, Hey, I want to get back to number one in the world. I want that to be a thing. Um, but now Rory is, and he's playing in this DP world tour event. And he's like, well, look at this shit field in the PGA tour at sea Island. And and I'm playing in this tougher field. And if I win, I'm still not making as much as could be Cole hammer, you know, who's leading the tournament right now. Yeah. Yeah. That that's just, insane to me and that definitely just needs to be needs to be addressed going forward but that that just is kind of the story of golf like it, it feels like the the leadership in golf takes one step forward and two steps back you know what I mean they're they they need to get some younger you know on that I mean I don't want to get too deep into it but it's all politics like the fact that Jay Monahan is the um you know the director you know he's he's being lined. He's, he's getting his pockets lined by a bunch of these big corporate outfits. And therefore he's, you know, bending the knee to these tournaments and um, these donors and ambassadors and this and that. And like, it's all political, but if golf really wanted like to make a, a move in the right direction, specifically the PGA tour and like the governing bodies, they would hire somebody a group of people probably like in their thirties, you know, maybe even their forties, but you've got guys running a young man's game that are in their sixties and seventies. And they really just don't truly understand what the current, the current state of the game is. So I definitely think that they just, they just look a little out of touch. Yeah. And do you think like, like, do you think there's a point 
where golf actually, like, I know we think it's a good idea, but we're just a couple of idiots behind some microphones. Do you think there's a point where golf gets to where it's not run by, let's just call it what it is, like old white, good old boy men? Like, do you yeah. think there's a point where like the professional golf level gets to gets to there? I, I mean, honestly, I, I think it would benefit the game, even if the players like ran, you know, why, why can't it be run by the members? I, I honestly, and you know, it's, I guess it's for, you need like some sort of leadership role or somebody, you know, as a face, but I would, I would honestly see Rory like down the road, almost being like a commissioner slash player. Like, and I, I don't think that would be the worst idea ever to, to get somebody that's current in the game of golf to like it, look at Jay Monahan. like look how old he is and like how can he relate to any of these guys that are playing on tour right now so I, I think bringing in somebody younger somebody that's played somebody that knows what they're doing um and you know knows the ins and outs of the tour from a player's standpoint would be greatly beneficial to the tour to uh you know bring them in and get their get their opinion on things yeah and I agree with that and I think I think most I think most um, like most things will be moving that way. You know, most sporting sports in general will be moving towards a little like the entire world is moving towards a little more of a new age, new era approach. And so I think the PGA tour can't be far behind that, especially all the other factors that they're going up against right now. Like they don't have the, they don't have the ability to let themselves fall behind in that and then just be completely worthless in five years. Yeah. Yeah. They can't afford to become obsolete in the golf world. That's for sure. No doubt. No doubts. So anything else you want to talk about, man? You think, um, I, I don't remember if we talked about this last year or not, but so you guys, I'm, I'm hosting a little, I wouldn't call it a Thanksgiving, but I guess I'm hosting our mom and then you and Kylie over um, for a kind of a Thanksgiving. So I'm going out to New Jersey next week, but I am making a prime rib that I just picked up and it looks fucking choice. Obviously it's red meat and I love red meat, um, but it kind of, I can't remember. We, I think we did some similar last Thanksgiving, but I just got to say, I think Turkey's overrated. And I, where, where do you stand there? Maybe that's, is that our fair way or four is Turkey overrated? Yeah, I do. You know, I don't think it's overrated. I think for what it is every year, like I, I, I'm kind of like, I'm like a super traditionalist. Like I don't even like half the stuff that's on a Thanksgiving plate. Like I wouldn't like make it any other time of the the year, but, but I feel like for Thanksgiving, it's like worth having you know it's just kind of one of those things like i don't know i i'm, see, I'm like, talking turkey, about i turkey is like my favorite lunch meat like that's really the only lunch meat that i i purchase so i i would say i eat that my i i eat turkey throughout the year but just turkey itself like just thinking of like a turkey breast just like a you know like the white meat and i think also when you're younger you're like strictly like white meat for some reason like the dark meat looks like gross you know, it's just like you're adverse to like weird looking things. But as you get older, you realize how much better the dark meat is because it's actually as flavor and like juice. But even then, like I would take a prime rib 10 out of 10 days over a turkey. Yeah, 
and I think for me, it's like, I'm stoked you're making prime rib, especially if you're going to cook it up in the Traeger or whatever you're going to do with it. But mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those things where I can like eat prime rib whenever I want. Like I would never order Turkey. So it's kind of like my once a year, like I need to have green bean casserole and Turkey and stuffing, like never have that the rest of the year. But the one time a year that we do have it, I'm like, ah, yeah, okay. I can get behind this. You're like forcing yourself against your own will. You're like, well, I would never eat this otherwise, but I'll eat it today. Well, I don't, What's eat the point? What I, I don't necessarily eat what I want every single day because otherwise I wouldn't be able to get out of this chair I'm currently sitting in. Like you have if to I, get a fucking, uh, a whale. What is that thing? Um, a whale, uh, like crane, a crane lifted yeah. out that where they like move Shamu in and out of the water. Yeah. That's, I mean, because dude, I'd be full, you know, I'd start my day off with probably a full bag of gummy bears and then get to some more fruit and snacks mountain dew. mountain dew right down the gullet you oh, know yeah. i wouldn't be drinking this diet shit like that i drink because i feel like it's healthier you know all that kind of stuff so no i, 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 I feel you but i just i mean if i'm going to spend good money and i mean obviously prime rib is more expensive than turkey but if i'm going to spend good money on it making a meal it's like i want to enjoy it and not just be like okay here's the turkey that i force myself to eat every year you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's, uh, that's my, my hot take for the day, but I don't think it's, a, I think it's kind of a reverse hot take because everybody says Turkey sucks now. So. Yeah, exactly. Like once everybody hops on a take, you can kind of go back to an old school take and then it seems new. It seems edgy. So maybe we spin zone it and say Turkey's actually good. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe that's what we post on Twitter. And then the people that listen to the pod, well, I know that I actually think Turkey sucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy the RSM classic. Um, we got a little leaderboard um, right now. Looks like Andrew Putnam, Harry Higgs, Cole Hammer, kind of a cool story. If he wins, we'll definitely talk about him next week. Um, probably, probably talk about him next week, no matter what, because just a really crazy kind of journey to the PGA tour for him and Joel Dahman, Bo Hostler. Uh, Sahith Tagala, a bunch of guys up there that have kind of been playing some really good golf. And uh, it's kind of one of those fun tournaments because they, they're in St. Simon's Island, Georgia, but they play two separate courses. So those are always interesting to see. Like, I think there's probably three or four events a year on the tour where they play th different courses. And it's kind of like, you know, you got a whole group of guys that's two to three under one day and a whole group of guys that are seven. And then it flips and then it kind of evens out the field for the most part with one course usually being a little bit easier. But uh, yeah, everybody enjoy enjoy their weekend, um, and we will talk to you guys next week on Big Drive Energy for a, more, a little more Thanksgiving-ish episode. We'll see how we're feeling. Peace. Peace. Peace.